This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. As always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Nancy and Andres, and Andres is in a especially chipper mood because he is drinking out of a... Let me paint a picture for you, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Riddler cup from Batman Forever. Was it Burger King or McDonald's that was selling this back in the 90s? It was McDonald's. Oh, I was going to say Burger King. It was McDonald's, so yeah. he's... he's rocking that cup and also he's realizing how small one cup was <laughs> i'm just looking at how big my hand is in comparison to this thing like my god <laughs> that's what she said anyway let's move on <laughs> let's move on to the rest of the show we were all thinking it but we tom had to it. say it. i just had to say it. we had to address the elephant in the room um anyway so today we've got a brand spanking new show we've got a pack show one that i'm really excited to delve into but the first thing we got to talk about right off the gate is a huge piece of news that was finally released uh this past week or so and that was a huge piece of casting for the upcoming superman movie ladies and gentlemen we have a new Superman, and we have a new Lois Lane. Our Superman is actor David Sweat, and our Lois Lane is Rachel Brosnahan from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, one of my favorite shows. Very sad that it ended, but it ended very well. Anyway, that's a side note. But uh, we have our first pieces of casting here. Let's delve into it. What do we think about our new Superman and Lois Lane? Let's start with Andres. Oh, you're going to start with me yeah, first. Yeah, I'm starting with you this time. Because you're going to go on and on and on, and Nancy would be nice and short and succinct. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know how All right. All right. Short and succinct. I fucking love this casting. Okay, Nancy. I fucking love it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and moving on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. But uh, oh, my goodness. Like, it, it, it was one of those things where I'd seen Pearl back in November, and this is bef- a little before they announced uh, that Cavill wasn't going to be coming back to the DCU. And. For some reason, I was watching the movie, and I just kind of thought to myself, you know what? David Cornsweet appears in the movie as um, the projectionist, and and the movie has like this old timey like nineteen forties vibe with it and all that other stuff. And for some reason, I saw his performance in that, and I was like, he would make a damn good Clark Kent at some point. And then all of a sudden, literally two months later, I was watching Pearl with Jen. Video Drew and uh, her name's Drew. It's Video Drew and Eric, aka Nerd Chronic. And I remember just sitting in the living room, just being like, "Guys, what would you think of David Cornsweet as freaking Superman Clark Kent potentially?" And then they all just went, "Oh, I could see that happening." And then cut to it like two months later, even further. All of a sudden, he's one of the top contenders. And then Eric just texts me like, "You freaking called it, dude!" And I was like. Huh, I kind I kind of hope this goes through. The one I never anticipated going through was Rachel. Ra- Rachel Brosnahan, uh, that's how you pronounce it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after seeing her performance in Marvelous Miss Basil from the few episodes that I got to see, I thought she was incredible and the idea of that Lois Lane and David Corn Sweat's um Clark Kent like literally it's it's supposed to be a workplace um, a workplace type of story where Superman is sort of discovering uh, sort of what it's like to balance his work life with being the superhero. And just imagining the banter between both of them with guns writing behind it and just how funny he can get and how innocuous he can get with certain terms and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, oh, this is all music to my ears. And I fucking love this little bit of casting. And again, 
with the fact that he cast both Clark Kent and Lois Lane right off the bat, instead of going the typical, oh, we got Clark first and we'll find Lois later. Like, this to me signals that uh, uh, James Gunn really knows what he's doing with this because in order to get Superman right, you have to get Lois right. That's kind of one thing I felt that was lacking in the Snyderverse was, even though I loved, yeah, even though, even though I loved Amy Adams, I thought that sort of, they, they didn't, they didn't hit it off nearly as well. Uh, Like, like the, the chemistry sort of was a little lacking in certain points. Lois Lane to me. Like it just felt like someone who should have been like a strong independent female character who ended up just being like a damsel in distress. And it was just kind of like, that's not really Lois Lane. Like she can stand on her own two feet, you know? So I felt like they didn't show that side of her enough. And Amy Adams could have easily pulled that off. Oh yeah. And, and except the writing also wasn't there as well too, but, but, but but with with this, it does hurt. It does hurt. That's what I was going for. (laughs) But yeah, but after hearing this little bit, this big casting, I, I am super excited for this movie. I cannot wait. 2025 cannot get here sooner. Uh, Superman legacy is officially my most anticipated movie of that year. I'm already two years out waiting for that movie, guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so safe to say you're pretty excited. Okay, Nancy, how about you? Just off of casting. Interesting. Side note, did you end up liking Pearl? Because I knew you absolutely hated X. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pearl I liked a lot more than X. Because X, okay. I was kind of like... First time I had watched X, uh, I was kind of just okay with it. But Pearl, I remember really enjoying that one quite a bit. And because I had watched Pearl, it actually made X a little better for me because there's certain things that are set up. But anyway, that's a discussion okay. for another time, though. But Pearl, <laughs> Pearl, I thought was really great. Okay, <laughs> I'll have to watch it. So the downside is I haven't seen any. I haven't seen these actors in anything before, so I Not can't be like, oh yeah, they're great for this role. But visually, they do look. Perfect for the roles. Um, I believe I saw at least like previews and commercials for the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Is that what it's called? Maisel. Maisel. Yes. Um, (laughs) I've never seen it. Um, So yeah. So visually, they look good. Um, I really need to see Pearl. I heard it was really good. So apparently, he is in it. So. So yeah. yeah, fun fact for you. He is in Pearl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well as, soon, yeah. as soon as you see a little bit of Miss Maisel and you see Pearl, you're automatically going to know. You're like, oh, these both of these are both of these people are like really good at portraying like that old school 1940s era. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw David Corn sweat back in that Ryan Murphy show Hollywood, which is on Netflix a while back. Oh right, where, yeah, where, where he was fantastic in it. And I remember as soon as I saw yeah. him. I was like, Jesus, this dude looks like fucking Clark Kent. I was like, oh my God, he looks just like Superman. And then as soon as his face popped up in like the leaked rumored casting, you know, or testing, whatever it happened to be, I was like, yes, fucking make that guy Superman. Not just because he has the look of Superman, but because he can actually act and he's great on screen and he totally has like the Clark Kent nerdy, geeky vibe, but can totally pull it off. I think he's going to be great. And then, you know, Rachel Brosnahan, I love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and she's so freaking good in that show. So as soon as I heard she was in the running, I was like, she better win because she's blowing these other actresses out of the water, these leaked names or whatever it happened to be. So I really think that these two are going to crush it and just knock it out of the park. Uh, Really excited. And then, of course, you know, got James Gunn writing and directing this thing. I think this is good pedigree for a potentially great Superman movie. I just hope that it turns out as good as this is laying it out to be. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this casting, and I'm glad that it went to these two I think they're gonna be great um but yeah it's time to move on to some trailers people we have a couple big ones that uh hit the interwebs this past week one is for a uh horror remake i believe this is a remake right 
from uh, Blockbuster, no. or is it? Or is it based no. on no. video games? It's based off a, it's, B- based yeah, it's based video. off of a game. Welcome to Film Club a- where we don't do <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm fat checking you right now. <laughs> I feel like I vaguely remember there being like a Five Nights at Freddy's like horror movie back in the day. Or maybe I'm just, I don't know, Mandela affecting it. I don't know. <laughs> it was probably, well, I know there was a lot of like YouTube shit on it. The okay. only reason I know is because literally all the kids that I work with love the game. And okay, I'm like, so why God, are your parents... Probably letting you play this game yeah, you are five so we yeah. got our first trailer for that which stars josh hutcherson as this like security guard who you know he's uh looking after this like rundown arcade slash kitty place where there's these animatronic you know animals that apparently are possessed by spirits and then yeah you got a horror movie um what do we think about this trailer we'll start with, we'll start with nancy I'm actually excited for this. Uh, again, maybe because all the kids that I work with, they loved this game. And again, I never understood why six-year-olds and five-year-olds were playing this Five Nights at Freddy. It's like, really creepy. Um, you know, I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese and those animatronic uh, whatever. I don't even remember what the characters were. They were like a chef and like a bird or like something random. I just remember they freaked me the fuck out. So when I saw this game, I was like, oh yeah, perfect for a horror game and perfect for a horror movie. Uh, Gotta say, was really weirded out that Josh Hutcherson is in this. I was like, oh, okay, well, sure, why not? (laughs) No, it just like seems like so random to have him in this movie. And then also I was laughing when at the beginning of the trailer, he says like, like, I'll take anything. I was like, yep. You will. Yeah. <laughs> and, you and, will. Also with, and also with the fact that it looks like he has not aged in 10 years. I know. I was like, like what the hell? Like, like I just flash, I just flash back to that moment in um, Disaster Artist where he's there and then like people think he's 16. It's like, how old are you? I'm 27. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was on that. But yeah, yeah, I think it looks good. I think it looks like a fun, cheesy horror movie. I think uh, who produced this? Oh, Blumhouse. this. Yeah. Well, but yeah, and they they did Megan as well. Well, the same producers did Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it has the same vibe as Megan, then hopefully it'll be good. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. How about you, Andre? This is one of those blind spots for me in video games. Actually, I was working at GameStop at the time when this first came out, and. For some reason, it just held no interest to me at all in any way, shape, or form. The only people it held any interest to was, like, really minor kids, which was the funniest thing. I was like, I, I don't think this speaks to me in any way, shape, or form. But uh, uh, but from the trailer, the trailer's job is to basically get you excited for the movie. And I think this looks good. I'll be there opening night. And I, I, I think the vibe is there. I think the atmosphere is definitely there. Um, now the question is, is what will the movie be rated? Because if it is going to be like a flat out gore fest, I'm really excited to see it. But if it's going to be something like Megan or just something where like Chopping Mall or something like that, that's a deep cut for all the horror fans out there. Um, I think, I think this could be good. This could be good. But Jason Blum lately has been, uh, like especially when he gets a hand gets gets a hold of like big IP properties it kind of seems like he uh kind of seems like he fumbles the ball here and there especially with the way Halloween ends ended Ooh. and Ugh. and then also yeah. with Woof. with everything i've been hearing about um exorcist as well 
Oh, no. I'm just like, yeah, oh boy. All right, well, let's see. But you know, I'm I'm always I'm always down to at least check out something. Yeah. Um. So I obviously had no familiarity with the video <laughs> game because I didn't know it was a video game. Um. <laughs> but uh, in terms of how I think it looks, I mean, it could be a good time. I do think that the studio is kind of setting this one up to fail, considering they're putting it on Peacock and in theaters on the same day. I thought that period was mm. over, where I just don't know why they're doing that. Um, just kind of seems like why. I, I think they're just really just trying to get people to get Peacock at this point. I think they're just super right? for subscribers because we're not in that era where people need to like watch it on a streaming service anymore. Like people go to the theaters now, um, so I feel like that's going to hinder it financially. But I think like it looks fun, it looks goofy, it looks like it's not going to take itself too seriously. I like the idea of like why these things are possessed and how they're possessed and kind of like what the stakes are. I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. It's just good to see Josh Hutcherson again. I, I, I feel like when I see Josh Hutcherson, it's like when I see Josh Hartnett on screen, I'm just like, oh, it's been a while. Oh, yeah. How are things? You know, oh, yeah. it's, just like, you know, it's like seeing an old friend again. So like, I'm excited to see him in something like this. I think it could be fun. Who knows? I'm going to go in with uh, an open mind and hopefully have a good time. But I think a movie I'm a little bit more excited about that we surprisingly got a new trailer for, a big, huge trailer for, and that is Dune Part 2, ladies and gentlemen. The sequel from Denis Villeneuve that is hitting theaters in, what is it, October? November? November 2nd. November 2nd, yes. I I could definitely rely on you for release dates for Dune. Um, You're so proud of that. <laughs> yeah. So proud. But we definitely movie didn't expect to get sense. a new trailer this soon. I know I certainly didn't expect to get a new trailer this soon. And this is showing a lot of new footage, really giving us the scope of this story, what it's going to be about what we're in for what do we think about this brand new trailer nancy we'll start with you because you literally just watched it <laughs> yes but i i also kind of fast listen i have to be honest otherwise oh, it's gonna sound like i don't know what i'm talking about uh <laughs> it looks good and from what I saw, it. <laughs> from what I saw <laughs> in very fast motion, it does look good. Um, I don't know. It's always hard for me to get super hyped up when, like, I already got a trailer before. I'm like, yeah, that seems about the same for me. Same excitement level. Didn't really bring too much to the table for me in terms of like, oh, now I really have to go see this movie. So that's my thoughts. <laughs> Compelling and rich. <laughs> yeah as a big dune fan i think this is a fantastic trailer because it does exactly what you're supposed to where it's like the teaser just set up what the world and the scale was going to be and then this one i thought did a really great job of explaining what the story is where it's like you know the em we finally got our first glimpse of the emperor played walken, by chris baby. walken walken, emperor walken. oh my god Looks good it's and good to honestly, see a like walking again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially one that like speaks in the very deep tone. Yeah, I gotta take care of this prophet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was okay. is Batman. Uh, the was, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you dressed up like Batman? <laughs> oh goodness, but but yeah, but everything about it looks really great so far. I'm super excited for this. Uh, I've said time and time again that this is my most anticipated for 2023 ever since I saw the last movie and when we reviewed it. So, yeah, it's uh, like, yeah, no, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm waiting to get my ticket for IMAX for this one. As I know, 
in the same way that Oppenheimer is getting shown in only specific theaters and certain aspect ratios right. and stuff like that. The same thing is being done with uh, Villeneuve with this film as was with the previous one. So, yeah, whenever this comes to IMAX, definitely go see it. <laughs> gotcha. I feel like Andres has his like most anticipated lined up for the next like four years. Probably. I mean, oh, yeah. Look, it's always good to, find <laughs> always good to have something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. um, Deadpool 3. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely in the same boat as you, Andres. I mean, I thought this trailer was freaking fantastic. I mean, not only does it show the visual scope, which once again looks breathtaking, but I really like that they give a good sense of the story where it's easy to follow. It really shows you like where Paul is on his journey to wherever he ends up. I mean, I know where he ends up, but uh, a lot of other people probably don't at this point, especially people who haven't read the books. I mean, I haven't read the books, but of course, Andres kind of gave me the whole like cliff notes on everything that happens. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I don't think it's going to take away my enjoyment. Um, but I think visually it looks stunning. I really am digging the story. I like that Zendaya's character is actually to get fleshed out a little bit more here because we kind of got like a tease of her in the first movie. I felt like we didn't really get enough of her character. So I'm excited that we're getting more of her. We have Chris Walken in the show where we got... Uh, Josh Brolin back as his character from the first film. It's great to see him again. Um, and also, we got another glimpse of Austin Butler, who looks like he could possibly talk at some point. <laughs> I feel like they've been really open. hiding that he, like, are we ever going to hear him talk? Is he just going to be mute the entire movie? Or is He's he, screaming a lot. <laughs> or has he not lost the accent? And that's why they're trying uh, to hide it. He's going to be Elvis. Like, I think ADR. Like, like, especially because the first trailer didn't show anything. And then the second trailer, again, just showed him, but didn't give us a taste of what he sounds like at all. So now I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried I'm, of what he sounds like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. If Blonde can have Ana de Armas redub her entire role before the movie comes out, I mean, they, they can do whatever by but this point. But he's stuck like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Apparently, he can't make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. ADR yeah. is not even going to save yeah, him. ADR He's stuck like that forever. <laughs> but but on that point as well too, um, as as a fan of the book, in the previous trailers and everything we've seen Austin Butler in, all that stuff is not in the book at all. Okay. Like like him fighting in the pits and him chatting with uh, with one of the um, with one of the Benny Gesserits as well too is like. That is not in the book at all. So they, it looks like they're probably going to expand upon his role even further. Andres like also- is, <laughs> is like, it's not in the book. So technically, Elvis could be in this world. Yeah, so could. it's fine. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just saying that, that they, they might be hiding it. But also on top of that, you can only hide it for so long if you're extending his, his role in the, in the story. Yeah, I'm gonna die laughing if I go to this freaking theater and and he has his Elvis voice in this damn movie. As long as the movie ends with him singing "Can't Help Falling in Love," then like I think we're in for a good time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) just lean into it, you know. Just sound like Elvis, just sing like Elvis. Like, come on now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, other other than that, that was the only thing that I just I started laughing because I was like, wow, we really aren't going to hear what he sounds like till we see this movie. That's interesting. Um, But you know, the rest of the cast looks great. Timothy Chalamet especially looks fantastic. He's really 
really bring in that like ferocity this time around, which I'm super into, and I think that's going to be great for the character. It's great to see more of Rebecca Ferguson, who was completely just robbed of any sort of acclaim, you know, in terms of like Oscar nominations for the first film, which I thought she was unbelievably good and and didn't get enough praise, in my opinion, that she deserved. Um, and also we see Florence Pugh pop up. I mean, the cast in this thing is just incredible. It looks fantastic. I can't wait to see. It, it looks even better than the first one. I really hope that uh, Denis gets to finish this trilogy at least uh, because mm-hmm. he's just doing wonderful things with it. And I can't wait to see it on the biggest screen possible. So definitely a big thumbs up for me. Can't wait to see it. But now let's move on to the main event, everybody. Let's talk about the movie that hit theaters this weekend that a lot of people were anticipating. A lot of fans of this franchise and of this character. This is the swan song for Mr. Indiana Jones starring Harrison Ford as the titular character yet again with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So obviously... If you haven't seen the movie, you're going to want to refrain from watching or listening to the rest of this episode until you have seen it, but definitely come back after you do. Um, But other than that, if you have seen it, definitely keep on listening, keep on watching. But we're going to be talking heavy spoilers. Um, So, yeah, let's get into this. Let's talk about general thoughts of what we thought about the movie and the expectations we had going into it. And then we can get into the spoilery stuff. So let's start with uh, Andres on this one. What did you think of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? I'm a pretty big uh, Indiana Jones fan. I mean, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is one of my earliest memories of watching anything with my dad. And every time a new, a new indie movie comes out, it always just feels like, all right, we're 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 back into this. It feels like coming home uh, every time. But Aww. I will say, going into this, <laughs> um, my my expectations were definitely a little tempered with all of the Cannes Film Festival. Reactions apparently with it. No, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, not, not I mean, you react. can't necessarily so movies that end up being great. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and, but but the other thing too is that this is a legacy character like Indiana Jones, who's not only famous in the U.S. but it's like a worldwide phenomenon for mm-hmm. that audience to sort of be like, meh. You know, it, it kind of gave me a little bit of a pause, but I had heard some stuff from some of my buddies who had seen the movie early on in test screenings. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna walk in the I'm going to enjoy it. And walking into this movie and I definitely had some problems for me. It it kind of, we'll get into more spoiler territory on it, but I think in terms of the pantheon of Indiana Jones movies, this is absolutely not the worst. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not something that I was offended by going, coming out of it. It was something that kind of felt like, you know what? This is just kind of on the same tier for me as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't think any new modern-day Indiana Jones movie will ever touch the upper echelon of those first three because those first three are so impeccably good. Even Temple of Doom, which people go, oh, my God, that's like one of the worst ones that doesn't hold up. I'm like, well, which one would you do, Temple of Doom or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? And people are like, oh, Temple of Doom. (laughs) Yeah, Temple of Doom all the way. But... Overall, I I enjoyed this new movie. Um, It's not without its problems, but I will say the first act is definitely going to divide people. The third act is definitely going to divide people even further. So I would say if you're a fan of this franchise or if you're just a fan of adventure movies, go in, see it, make up your own mind. I had a lot. I had a ton of fun with it. It it certainly lagged at points. It has a pacing problem. Uh, It was kind of all over the place. But if this is our final chance with Indy, it could have been worse. Could have been worse. But it, uh, I, overall, I enjoyed it, though. Wow, that was a roller coaster ride of reaction. Yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the movie itself, right? <laughs> um, see what you did there. Nancy, how about you? Where do you fall? 
Yes, take a sip of your gargantuan Gatorade. <laughs> While she was hungover watching the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I was like, I gotta go watch this movie. And now I gotta go watch it freaking hungover. This is the worst. But surprisingly, I actually liked it. Um, I have not well, I've watched the first one. It took me a while to get through. I I gotta say, I'm not a fan. I know, I know. I'm not. I was not a fan. I couldn't get through this. The other ones. I just look me in the eyes when you kill me. Me in the eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I did watch a recap of the movie, so at least knew. Oh yeah, yeah. you're absolved, Nancy. (laughs) There you go. So I at least knew what was happening. Um, I will say I liked that this didn't get too wacky like uh, Crystal Skull, but it got so wacky enough where I enjoyed it, kept me entertained. I I don't get why people are saying like, this is the best movie that they've done in the franchise or like the high praise that it's getting. I also don't understand the very low praise that it's getting that it absolutely sucks. I think it was just mid-level, very good movie, very fun. Nothing too exciting, though. Yeah, okay, awesome. I feel like I'm pretty much in the same vicinity as you guys where, you know, I tried to keep my expectations pretty low, just, you know, even though I, like, I revisited all the movies before going into this one, and I even had some fun with Crystal Skull, despite you know all the problems I have with that movie. There's still some moments I really, really love in that movie. Um, but I was still excited just to see Harrison Ford back as Indiana Jones. It's just he's so good at this, as the character, and I love this like late stage Harrison Ford really giving a shit again and not like being asleep at the wheel. Like he's been delivering some of the best performances of his career lately, and I'm like all for it. Um, and I thought he was fantastic in the movie. It was great seeing him as the character, especially with the character kind of confronting his place in history and time and everything he's lost and just how old he is now and how the movie leans into that. Into that. I love that. He sells it wonderfully. The stories felt like a nice old school Indiana Jones movie. I, I really enjoyed the story. I know a lot of people probably will have problems with the third act. I actually thought that was a really fun choice and I was on board with it because I just, I liked how wacky it got. I was like, this feels like an Indiana Jones movie and it, I felt like still rooted in character so it worked for me um i thought the action sequences for the most part were pretty solid there's like one chase sequence that i thought was really well done and felt like classic indiana jones and the opening sequence would have been an all-timer if they didn't use de-aging which we'll touch on in a little bit um but overall i had a really fun time with it like i think that phoebe waller bridge is great as helena his goddaughter i like their banter and their back and forth i enjoyed their dynamic i enjoyed the story and how you know intertwines with history it felt like a nice old school adventure and it had that indiana jones feel and i think james mangold did a great job of taking that torch from spielberg honoring that feel and that tone while also kind of doing his own thing with the material so i enjoyed it i think the worst thing i can really say about this movie is that ultimately it's a little bit forgettable where like if i watch it i would enjoy it like i'm I'm sure i would still have fun with it but like looking back on it now there's not a ton that's like very memorable about it and that isn't my favorite thing to say about an indiana jones movie but definitely definitely better than crystal skull a substantial step up uh just not the best in the franchise but a good swan song for the character i would say because i think it hits the all the emotional notes i really wanted this movie to um but yeah let's talk spoilers let's talk about what we liked what we didn't like you know what were some of the things we really loved about the movie so feel free to jump in whenever you got something Oh, I was going to say, I I Andres anticipated it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you go first. No, no, you, ma'am. No, 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 you good, sir. I love your little. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, so I thought it was hilarious that they killed off Shia LaBeouf. Because um, I really well, thought that... I thought he was going to maybe show up at the end or something, or, like, they'd mention him. I was like, oh, oh okay, he, he's gone. He's dead. I um, well, though. It which, was very emotional, yeah, which I really liked. Well, the, I was like, if you're going to do it, do it like that. Yeah, exactly. And me and Greg were talking about this, and he was saying that that's a perfect way to do it because... A lot of people had an issue with his character. So it's like, yeah, we don't want him back. Let's get rid of him. But now it serves a purpose in the story. And it like is an emotional point for Indy moving forward and like kind of, you know, pushes the plot forward with that. So I thought that was a really smart way to do it. Um, and then also I was just like, damn, poor Indy. He's all old and alone. His wife <laughs> left him and his son died. Like, well, shit. So he's in a shitty apartment complex I with know. all those assholes. It was very jarring going from Crystal Skull to this one. It was like happily ever after, divorced, childless. I was like, Jesus. I You know, you know, you kind of say that mangled ate uh, Spielberg style. I like mangled right off the bat. He's one of those people, and he's one of those directors that's like, oh no, everything's not great. Everything's not all sunshine and rainbows. All right, yeah. that marriage it ended. Logan, oh his healing factor. Oh, it's it's now uh, it's now slowly killing him and all that other stuff. Like he's very much about like bringing us back down to earth with certain things, which is definitely an issue I had with the movie as well. I mean, I thought Mangold's direction was kind of all over the place yeah. in particular because yeah, it definitely felt like that because there were moments where it was so good, and then moments where I was like, "This is very bland for James Mangold." It, it, mm. it feels it feels very studio notes version of Mangold, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like it, it didn't feel like his. Certain scenes he had his heart into, and then other ones were just like, okay, this is the concession that you need to sell your fucking toys and to sell all your freaking Indiana Jones stuff. This is still a Disney movie at the end of the day. But overall, um, just some of my issues were just the tone, because having watched the first four movies before I went to go see this, I pulled, I almost pulled an all-nighter watching all of them. It was, it was a fantastic night. But... Um, Watching all four of the previous movies, there is this there is this tone of like we're on a romp. Everything is great, or like everything's going to be fun. Like you know, like it feels like it feels like Steven Spielberg is just holding your hand, just being like, you know what, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time, and I'm going to show you all these crazy, wacky scenes. You may not love all of them, or people may have a problem with some of them, but at the end of the day, you could still say that it was a fun romp. Whereas this one. I felt like we maybe only got like one scene that was like kind of a fun romp, which was the uh, cart chase in. Yeah, that uh, seems so good. So good. Yeah, and and, and the banter that was going back and forth with uh, what's the name with Phoebe Waller Bridge's fiance chasing after, and just be like, oh, and, uh, I'm like, oh my god, he still keeps popping up everywhere. What the yeah. hell's going on? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, like you know, that, we're supposed that to be talking about stuff you like, sir. Yeah, Andre's kind of weird. Well, <laughs> I know. I He's know. like, no, I'm, we're going back to what I don't no, like about I'm, this I, movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm James Mangold. <laughs> oh goodness, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he we just did the things he liked. Got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, um, I, but I yeah. think, don't you think though that that you know, I almost feel like the reason behind that is because it is supposed to be him begrudgingly coming back. I felt like they needed to not have it where he's like, yeah, let's go. Like he's stuck 
coming back. You can tell he's old and bitter and just like, I don't want to fucking do this shit anymore. And so, like one little moment at the end where he's climbing and she's like, What are you waiting for? He's like, I'm old. Everything hurts. (laughs) I never related to a scene more. I I was was like, like, Yes. I was like, That is a perfect way of having him embrace how old he is. I was like, I'm like, that was the moment I wish that Crystal Skull had (laughs) never had. Yeah. I was like, Yes, that's how you address his age. And Ford just crushed it. Yeah. And, 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 And him describing literally every single thing that's happened to him yeah, in the oh franchise god, like yeah. did you drink monkey blood did you get possessed by a voodoo king and it's like oh my god he's he's like really going back and like really retelling some of the most horrible moments yeah. of his life in the previous movies it's fantastic <laughs> no it's so it's so yeah. good but um while you think of what else you liked, some things I really do, like, I really loved the feel of the opening scene. Like, I'll get to the de-aging part, but just the way that opening mm-hmm. scene was handled was perfection. Like, just the visual aesthetic, the energy that it had, the historical feel it had. It felt just like an Indiana Jones opener, and it was so well done. The whole train sequence was so much fun, and there was just so much entertainment value there. It's just, for me, the de-aging just did not work. It's just, it's so no. uncanny valley. It's like if the character's not talking or moving, it sells me. That's, but as um, soon as like, especially when the character would do this or that, like it just wouldn't be able to follow his face very well, and it would just completely take me out of it. Uh, and it just, especially the way the mouth moved too, it's just like I couldn't not stare at it, and it would just always take me out of it. Yeah. But my solution to that was like the entire time I was like, how could they have done this? You can still use the digital de-aging, but very minimally. And I thought it would have been really cool and a cool, like, artistic choice if that whole opening sequence that anytime Indy's on screen, it's actually, like, from his point of view where, like, you still hear Harrison Ford's voice, but, like, you kind of see his perspective of everything that's going on. And all the other cuts are the same. And then once he gets his hat and fedora back, he turns around and, like, that's when it's young Indiana Jones. I'm like, that would have been kind of cool. This way you can use it minimally, and then you can use the rest of that sequence, which is kind of in shadows, to kind of hide the digital de-aging i just thought that would have been a better way of just instead of showing so much de-aged harrison Ford. i would say better which, which, the but same way yeah just chris <laughs> i mean i mean which the same way they did with the original raiders of the lost ark where his face is all done in shadow yeah. but the thing is that was more mm-hmm. of a creative choice that wasn't hiding de-aging or any of that other stuff yeah. you should have hide you should have hid the de-aging yeah, a little bit longer and and they also should have gotten at least a sound like the sound exactly like Harrison way back when in those days because there is a stark difference in terms of his timbre. Yeah, and I was like, like oh, it feels back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he had a lighter tone. And he also had like a like a more a more yelling voice. Like you know, like it was like. Oh, so you had the staff. No, I can't do Harrison Ford, yeah, but, but he had. Yeah, I can't do Harrison Ford, but he had a much more. He had the like much more yelling lines, if if that makes any sense. But that's because that just comes with age. Whereas when he's older, he's not as expressive as he once was, and that's very evident in that opening scene. Yeah, yeah I didn't I think it was that bad until I looked into his eyes. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah just, got and, eyes. And, and and then the other thing too that wasn't selling me on that entire scene is when you had the de aging, and then you're shining a flashlight straight into his face. Oh, yeah, was, so the yeah. so the program yeah, just yeah. doesn't know what the hell it's yeah, doing. That made it glaringly obvious. Honestly, the one thing they could have done shoot that entire sequence in daytime. And then that would have just made everything look at least a little more consistent like between like outside and inside. Feeling. I don't know. I yeah. Like, I, I, I would anyway. have been has fun. Yeah, I liked it. it, it well, well, the opening of uh, Last Crusade was very cinematic, and that was in that was on a train, and that was in broad daylight. I know, but let's do something different. Let's do nighttime. 
<laughs> if, 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 the, if the choice if the choice is something different or something that the audience won't buy, I mean, I'm I'm just. I mean, no, those are both horrible choices. What am I saying? I'm getting old, guys. Getting no, old. If, 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 if the choice is just something that's more or less the same thing that we've seen before or something that's different, but the audience is going to have a hard time buying it with this new tech, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for the old faithful. No one's going to complain about the fact that you're going to be like, oh, wait, they <laughs> shot that in the, in the daytime. Like, you know what I mean? That's I cute mean, that you think no one would complain. Have you heard everyone, of a thing called the Internet? Yeah. Everyone's going to complain no matter what. But, all right, so yeah. Well, I feel like they, there would have been a lot of like, ah, oh, he's just copying from other movie and like blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he tried to switch it up somehow. I like, I really did like that action sequence though. I, I gotta say, oh, I haven't seen the other movies, but feels like there was a lot of murder in this movie that was not expecting. Um, like a lot of innocent people dying, a lot of like gruesome deaths. Which I was surprised by. by That's James Mangold for you. Old down yeah, yeah, which I, I think it was but, a good choice to do it, especially when that guy gets hit. Also, when that guy gets hit by the beam, I'm like, how the fuck did you survive? Your brain would have been like smashed in by that train beam. Mads Mickelson's character. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought he would show up fuck? with a scar, and if anything, he looked like he ate Some. gracefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like okay. what the fuck? I don't know. Yeah, and then also, but but the thing I I will definitely say too is along with that opening sequence, I think one thing that I really liked about it was the writing or the humor, na- the humorous nature of certain things, like how Indiana gets gets discovered in certain moments where all of a sudden he's walking through all these Nazis, and then people are like, uh, like like they're buying him for a second, and then all of a sudden you see that people aren't buying him all of a sudden. Then you notice he has a bullet hole in the middle of his chest. It's like, oh god, he doesn't know to say he, he's he's got the bullet hole in them, and people are gonna be like, wait a minute, did you just take back. that from somebody? It was yeah, in his what, back. What? It was in his back, and then you saw it was on his front as well too. Internet, please tell me I'm wrong <laughs> or tell Nancy if anything goes I'll be in the next room playing video games. You guys settled this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it's important, but yeah, I no. like being right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you guys will settle this off camera. Um, <laughs> but uh, another part of the movie I really enjoyed, I did, I mean, the always reliable Mads Mickelson. I mean, the guy can just play a villain in his sleep at this point, and I thought he was a perfect Indiana Jones villain. He's just, he's perfect. Just like, he always shows up, he understands the assignment. He's Mads Mickelson. He's the best. I love him. Yeah. Um, and I especially loved his character, like, towards the end of the movie where things get a little bit wackier and he starts to become a little bit more unhinged. I was like, yeah, I love yeah. unhinged Mickelson. Yeah, let's yeah. go. I thought it was... I can't be here! <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. I don't know why I thought it... Yeah. I thought it was so... I don't know why I thought it was so funny when, like, you know, he's they're about to get on the plane and everything, and then he puts on his, like, outfit, his Nazi outfit. It just seemed like he was so, like, yeah, finally get to be a Nazi. And he has like a little hat on and everything. Yep. I was like, oh my gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> but but then also at the very end when all right, spoiler alert, um, time travel. <laughs> I liked it. I think it fit I, into yes, the story I well. Loved okay. That swing, I love that. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay. Here's the thing. I don't understand the people that are like that is too far gone. All right, but aliens we- was fine. Well, well, Aliens was not fine for the last... People had a big problem with Aliens, but I'm just saying, in the first movie, it was the Ark of the Covenant. Second movie, it is basically voodoo people possessing Indiana and all this other stuff in the jungle. And then the third movie, 
freaking the, the the holy grail with a last one of the members of the last crusade guarding the holy grail and yet you're not buying a sign vaguely vaguely believable that you know aristotle it was archimedes sorry i was about to say aristotle, aristotle. That's oh my yeah. <laughs> archimedes yeah no but but it's it's something that at least i could vaguely buy whereas i don't get all the people that are like this is the worst twist in the indiana jones history i'm like it pretty much kind of kind of is set for the course in the same way that all the other films are so i totally bought it and i but for a second, I thought they were going to travel back to prehistoric times. And I was like, are they going to put dinosaurs and all this other stuff in the movie? Uh, you're so <laughs> funny. I actually had the opposite reaction. I was like, oh my gosh, what if he, what if he comes to like present day? That would be hilarious. Wouldn't, oh. wouldn't make any sense to the story, but I thought that would have been a cool. I mean, <laughs> I, I knew that was the point. As soon as they said like what they were going to do, I was like, oh, this is the point where it's either you're on or you're off this train. Like It's just kind of like either you're on board for the wacky third act or you're not. Uh -huh. But that was like when the movie started really working for me. As soon as it made that choice and was going for it, I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this. Like This is a better swing than doing aliens and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I just thought that it was just a more fun take. And the fact that they ended up back you know, during the time where um, – his name Archimedes is that is that the one yeah yeah Archimedes, I just said. where they end up in <laughs> yeah. his time and like they're in the middle of that war and I'm like that's amazing and I love that it also wasn't just like a fun you know narrative choice but it actually really worked for the character of Indy where like at the end like he got shot and he's sitting there and Helena's trying to get him back on the plane so they can get out before the thing closes the portal, <laughs> closes. portal. <laughs> that's what I'm calling it the portal um portal. he's just like you know like I'm staying you know because like in his mind he just feels like there's nothing waiting for him in the present like he has nothing to really live for in the present it's like this really sad heartbreaking scene where yeah. you honestly don't know is he gonna stay or is is he actually gonna go I, back and the, and the fact that she punched him unconscious was great i love that choice too. yeah so i good. really thought that he might stay for a second and yeah. i like i've never i not you know i haven't seen these movies i saw the first one but even i was getting emotional like oh he like wants to stay because he'll be happy there and like that's his dream to like you know he said he's been an ar uh, archaeologist his whole life and he's been studying this and like he actually gets to see it and like you could tell he was like this will be my happy life now. And I was getting yeah. tear eyed for him. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe he will stay. And then she punched him. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. But yeah, I liked that she, I like that she finally broke down and like was admitting how much she actually cared about him. And because the whole movie, she's like trying to swindle him essentially. So it yeah. was, an, it was nice to see her actually show emotion towards him and actually like break down of, she you know she didn't I don't think she exactly said it but in a sense she was saying I need you don't stay here so mm. that was it was a nice emotional scene yeah and that, well it's it was, because yeah, that, that was I mean it was because yeah we were both talking yeah. at the same time stop it stop no, that uh, what I was saying was that the scene afterwards, like in his apartment back in his time, you know, where like, you know, he's just like, why didn't you let me stay? It's like, well, you know, it's like you have something, you know, you know, you have you, your life is worth living here. Essentially, is like what she was saying. And he's like, but for who? And just like the way Harrison Ford delivered that line completely broke my heart. I was just like, this is a man who lost his child, who lost his wife, who really genuinely felt like he had nothing to live for in the present. Like he's, you know, retiring from teaching. So it's like, what does he have to live for in his mind? And like, you see that like reaction from Helena where she like wants to tell him me, you idiot, you know, but like, yeah. you, know, you know, but she's, you know, got that front on, of course. And then having that moment where Marion comes back, which was such a nice surprise 
surprise because I honestly didn't think that she was going to be back. But having her come back and having them kind of like make up really like subtly was like so beautiful and was so cute and adorable. And it was the happy ending I wanted for the character where, you know, yeah. like he's been through a lot of shit. He's not the happiest he could possibly be, but he's gotten an ending where he's still with the woman he loves. He's got a goddaughter who seemingly cares about him and really, you know, probably deep down loves him um, and where he can you know, enjoy retirement and try to get the most out of his life. I was like, that's a nice ending. And him grabbing the hat at the end was a nice little touch too, to show that he still that's got cute. that little sense of adventure still left. And I was like, all right, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that elbow thing from another movie or was that just weird yeah. writing? Okay. No, I was no, like, no. It was, I was, it was like, this original. is really odd. I was like, this has to be from one of the other movies. Oh yeah. It's from uh, the original Raiders when he's laying in bed and he's like, what doesn't hurt? this and then she kisses it and i'm like oh okay they, they, they did the opposite i was like okay that's that's, that's a really cute. great way to tie it back into yeah. the romance of the original so mm -hmm. yeah cute. i i bought that entirely but speaking about things that we really liked oh i really 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 loved antonio banderas in this movie <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so dumb i remember someone telling me he was in the movie and then at the end craig said something about it i was like who the fuck was Antonio Banderas? I was like, I had no idea. And he was when he told me, I was like, oh, that is him. What a great, <laughs> what a great role for him. Do it everywhere. again. <laughs> Although one, oh, Jadoy, you're probably going to laugh at this when you hear this. But uh, when me and Jen, we were watching it over at the theater, immediately oh. my first thing was to be like, fuck shit, motherfucker. I bet. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew that was coming. Oh, yeah. was coming. Oh, yeah. Always has to come whatever. It's Antonio Banderas. You're welcome, Jodoyan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But but um, really quick, talking about one of my favorite scenes in the movie was um, the scene where Indy and uh, Helena are on the boat. And then she's like, what would you have done had if you could go back in time? And then he has that moment where he's like, I would just convince my son not to enlist to piss yep. me off. And then it goes yeah. on with everything that happened after he died in Vietnam. And you were just like. Man, again, like you're saying, Nancy, they really made that matter to the plot and also really did push the character even further. But that was probably his best performance of the entire movie, I think, because yeah. he was hiding yeah, so funny. much pain in that moment. And that's for a character that honestly, uniformly, the the fan base absolutely hated that character. And for us to have that emotional moment with that character in particular, there's something very odd. There's something very profoundly pro odd but profound about it and it all is attributed to Harrison Ford's performance in that moment like even despite that we didn't like that character it's like you know what because Harrison Ford loved him all right now now we're willing to accept that loss on his end yeah that's also why I thought for a second that when they went back that they would um go back to like where he was alive and like have something there where he has to choose to like save him or not save him but mm -hmm. this this ending was probably better. I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, no. Yeah, I, know, I liked it. No, I did I, I really <laughs> like that ending. But, but my, my question for you is, is where would you put this in your ranking of the movies? I guess I'll ask Andres this because Nancy, you've only seen the first movie. So. Yes. So. <laughs> no, I'll ask Andres. But I do know, I do know, I would like it above Crystal Skull because when I watched the little recap, I was like, "What the fuck? Why are aliens in this? It's so weird." Yeah. Now, did, now, did you that, like Raiders more, or did you like this one more? Mm, this one more. 
Wow, that's that's a hot statement for a lot of indie fans out there. Okay. Sorry. That's right. We aren't giving safe opinions here, folks. We are stirring the pot. Stirring the I pot. think it's also different when you watch it like as an adult for the first time versus like growing up with it. That's all I'll say. All right. How about you? Where would this fall in your ranking of uh, your indie movies? I'll start from greatest to least. For me, it would go... I'm actually a person that actually Last Crusade is my favorite Same. Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah, high five. There it is. Boom. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, but um, Last Crusade is my favorite out of the bunch. I just love him yeah. and Connery's dynamic so throughout the entire so thing. Um, next would be Raiders. Yep. Third would be Temple of Doom. Yep. And those for me are like A, a movies for me. Those yeah. are like five I think out of five for me still all the way underrated, through. Even though that fucking oh. female character is one of the worst things in any movie ever. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Like like characters, you take her out of the movie substantially better. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I have I have all the figures here of um, Indy, uh, Short Round, and Marin, and for some reason, just in my head, it was always Marin, and I just phase out uh, Karen Allen in the movie, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but she's like the one aspect that's very shaky to me in that entire movie. But anyway. No, conversation for another time but kingdom of the crystal skull for me would come down to like a b minus or so yeah it's like 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 here's the thing is that so many people are like oh like i I would say there's a big chasm between the original trilogy and kingdom but it's not necessarily say it's a bad movie it was just a slightly disappointing one in the same way that this is so honestly it could flip around at any point in time between kingdom of the crystal skull and dial of destiny for last place but that's not necessarily to say that I hate it. It's just, oh, uh, just varying cases of me liking it more than anything else. But if I was to say it, this would be last because Steven Spielberg is still still Steven Spielberg. And he does have that fun rompiness to his movies. And even though I was kind of a little eh on the use of aliens at the very end, the journey to get all the way there, barring... Uh, Shia LaBeouf swinging on vines. Uh, I was still up for all that stuff uh, and also nuking the fridge. That's the thing is that there's one of my problems with this movie is that it played it so safe to the point where there's not necessarily anything overly memorable about certain sequences apart from the car chase, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be like you where those two movies are going to flip-flop for me because the thing is it's like... Wait. Oh, you good? You okay? Don't break your so, radio mug. Don't break your no, radio mug. I'm all good. I'm all good. It's a collector. Yeah. Okay, we know it's very yeah, small it's in your big the hands. The coaster. <laughs> um, but I'm like you where I, I, I feel like those two movies are going to flip-flop for me. Because like on one hand, I think Dial of Destiny hits all the emotional notes. I wish Kingdom of the Crystal Skull hit. And I feel like it, it does better justice to the character than I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull has. But then at the same time, it's like I really miss Spielberg's direction, which is always so like energetic and lively. And like you said, kind of rompy and adventure-y, if that's the word, <laughs> adventure-y. It is um, now. It is now. We've coined it. Um, where I just feel like his direction, I think, is just more dynamic and it's just it's more entertaining, even though there are some huge issues in Crystal Skull. I think there are more memorable action sequences in that movie. Like I think the opening sequence is great. The motorcycle chase is so much fun even that like a uh, sword fight in the jungle i think is just like b-movie bliss where even despite like a lot of green screen it's just a fun time and it knows it's being silly in that moment um i just think it has a lot more memorable action sequences so it's just it 
it's very hard for me to distinguish which of the two I would put above the other. Like some days I feel Kingdom's a little bit better. Some days I feel maybe Dial could be a little bit better. I think it's going to take some rewatches to really fine tune that. But I, I feel like at this point they're almost like level and level with each other because I just feel like they have like different pros and different cons for me. But yeah, they're definitely way below the original trilogy. I, I'll never understand why people hate Temple of Doom. I think it's a fucking awesome movie. So, oh yeah. But those those movies are great, especially that first three. You can't touch them. You, you never will. It's not going to happen. Those three movies are bliss. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Agreed. I love silence. So what would we give this movie out of five pints, guys? What are we feeling? Mm, I'm going to go three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. I'm going to go three. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on. What did I give this on Letterboxd? The- <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like, I need to be true to myself. Oh, Let me on. see what I'm like. like, well, you gave fucking three and a half a letterbox, you lying prick. No. <laughs> uh, don't don't tell us what Jindoyan or Cod would say. Love you guys, but see, seriously. Hold on. Let's see. I got I to find it here. Uh, Dial of Destiny. Where are thou? Hello? Where are you? <laughs> oh, there Hello, you are. Hello? Oh, oh, I, I gave it three. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. I think I think that's fair. Yeah, three out of five <laughs> pints. <laughs> three out of five <laughs> pints for me. Yeah, I, I I think it's fun, but ultimately kind of forgettable. Um, but. So you mean to tell me that you could lower your rating if you lowered your letterbox rating first? Yeah. Probably. Tom's <laughs> all just doing it on the side. He's like, I give it a three. I give it a three out of um, but yeah, but let us know in the comments what you thought of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. If you have seen it, let us know what you thought of the trailers for Dune and Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, and then also give us your opinion on the new Superman casting and Lois Lane casting. Let us know in the comment section below what you think of all these things. And before we head on out, where can the fine people find you guys on the interwebs? Let's start with Andres. You can find me on uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram wow. as Galagos. You can also find me on Facebook as Galagos. I don't know if I'm still going to be on Twitter after this week. That's why I was hesitating for a second. What the hell but, happened? We can talk about it later. I saw a bunch talk. of people saying they're quitting. I was like, what did I miss? Yeah, Jesus, yeah. Something, uh, <laughs> something new that's being established. That's no. okay. We'll ch- we'll chat oh, yeah. after. We'll chat after. But but you can also find me on the High Voltage Media YouTube channel. We just dropped our retrospective on the Texas Chainsaw remake and that has so far been getting really great traction so go ahead check it out see what our opinion is on that in comparison to the uh, 1974 original and that's where you can find me and you also you can find me here there you go look at you're, so, you're getting so much better at that I'm so proud of you oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. alright how about you Nancy Piet hold on at. Oh, you both fucked Piet. up <laughs> can't forget the at like, yeah, as, you, if no one's, as if no one's as if no one's gonna figure it out. No, doesn't say PL under, underscore band aid, but okay. I brought that at. <laughs> you know, you need the at in there, yeah, otherwise really, it's not gonna work. Not really throw mm-hmm. a wrench in your gears. <laughs> <laughs> so at PL underscore band aid on Twitter and Instagram, you can okay. find me here. And of course, leave comments. I need to also still know which CGI baby is worse. I didn't see any comments on that. <laughs> you, heard, you heard her folks you heard her and if you want to follow Do me it. on the interweb you can find me on twitter and instagram at tom chattelbash and facebook and youtube at chattelbash reviews and of course you can find me here on the film on top pat, film on top see we all fucked up it film on top we're all getting podcast uh thank you guys for tuning into another brand new episode of film on tap where we've got the tap that never runs out we'll see you on the next one guys take care take care